This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So what is unique about hunting deer in October that is different from every other month? On this episode, I'm going to cover that and more. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about how do you hunt deer in October, what is different in October than other months. And guys, um, you know, there's a, so much you could say here, but so much I have said in other episodes, so I'm going to try not to be redundant and, and just go off on tangents, but focus on you know exactly what we're talking about. You've got October. What's different about October? I've talked at, you know, at length about the early season in the past. I've talked about archery hunting. I've talked about all sorts of things, but today I want to just focus in on October. So what's going on in October? Well, in a lot of places nationwide, that's the beginning of archery season. Some places start in September. Uh, in my particular management unit, in my corner of Pennsylvania, I get to start in September. But a lot of people don't get to start until October. And October is an interesting month. It's a great month to hunt deer, among other things. And there are certain things about October that are different from November and December and January and, and of course, September. So what is unique to this month? Well, first and foremost, a lot happens in the month of October, okay? That is when the big shift tends to happen in whitetail habitat, movement patterns, where deer spend their time, what deer do, how they feel. They go from their summer patterns at the beginning of October, just loafing and lounging and being in all kinds of places. You don't normally see them, all sorts of cover. So that cover begins to recede, die, frost kills it, whatever the case may be. And now they shift, they move, 
They make it to their fall places. In some areas, they make it to their winter grounds. They find different cover. And then you've got a completely different landscape in the woods by the end of October in much of the country. Of course, certain places, certain climates, that's going to, you know, all of this can shift by a week or two in any direction, depending on, you know, if you're if you're north enough or south enough. But for most of the whitetail country, this is the, the overview of what happens, generally speaking, in October. Deer also change in October. They go from hanging out and chilling in bachelor groups and, and you know, just sort of jesting one another with their antlers to have fun until, you know, they are lean, mean breeding machines. They are flying solo. They are looking for does. They are ready to breed. They're, they're, they can already smell the first couple does coming into estrus. They are on their game. They are focused. They're angry. They're moving and they are ready to breed. And that is a huge change that happens over the course of one month. You go from happy-go-lucky to ready to fight to the death, and that is not an exaggeration. So the way you hunt the beginning of October is very different than the way you hunt the end of October. And of course, you've got seasons changing, you've got climate changing, you've got cold coming, you know, all sorts of things are going on. So speaking in the most general of terms, hunting October is exciting, but it's also a time that's in flux. All right, you have to, you can't just get into a rut. You can't go out for the opening day of archery and then go out three weeks later and expect everything to be the same. It is not the same. Things are different. Things have changed. Habitats changed. The deer have changed. The movement patterns have changed. Where you saw them opening week is not where they are anymore. What you saw them doing is not what they're doing anymore. And if you apply the wrong tactics at the wrong time, you are not going to have great success. All right, October is just the time of flux. And you can use that to your advantage. You really can. Most hunters, they everything that I've just said to you, they've never heard in their entire lives. Okay, just this far, just this couple minutes of information they have never heard or connected the dots on in 30 years of hunting, 40 years of hunting. It's just they've never heard that before. And and you know, they may they may sit there and go, Oh yeah, well, okay, yeah, I've seen yeah, that that sort of makes sense. Now it's tying things together, but they've never come to those conclusions. They haven't studied, they haven't really looked at it. They just go out with a bow or muzzleloader or whatever and try to find deer. And if you do that, you'll have limited success compared to what you do if you hunt smarter. And if that idea appeals to you, go back and listen to the previous episode I did last week on how to hunt smarter, not longer. And I don't want to rehash all that here, but that was a really good one, guys. Um, So... The beginning of October is you're using early season strategies, right? Best time of day to hunt is typically the evenings, typically the afternoons, all right? The mornings is, you you know, there's always deer around, especially does. If you're hunting does, you can hunt any time of the day. If you're hunting bucks, typically you're going to have more buck movement in the evening. And of course, the days are still longer, at the beginning of the month. You haven't hit daylight savings yet. 
you haven't had a whole month of rapidly decreasing daylight time. So you've got later days, the sun's going down later, and the beginning of the month you really can hunt in sort of a late summer strategy. So early in the season, you can hunt evenings. In fact, when I go out early season, I typically only hunt evenings. You know, opening day of archery, I'm not out in the blind at five in the morning or in the tree stand. I'm going to hang out, stay home, hang out with my family, wake up at a nice time, watch some TV, make some breakfast, go do some things. And then around three, two or three in the afternoon, I'm going to suit up and head out into the woods. Now, why am I doing that? Because opening of archery season, I've had way more success and seen way more deer, especially bucks, where I hunt in the evenings. And I've got the trail camera videos to prove it. And that's when they're moving. That's when they're out. They might be out at, you know, five, six o'clock in the evening, all the way up until the last minute of daylight. But that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to get into the blind fresh and focused because what I've learned is if I'm out there at dawn and there's still really long days this time of the year, I mean, you could be out there for easily 12 hours. If I'm out there at dawn, you know, the first half of the day is less productive and I'm less likely to see something. And by the time the best part of the day comes around in the evening, I'm exhausted. You know, going out at the end of November, beginning of December, the days are shorter. You've, you know, you've got eight or nine hours of daylight versus 12 to 13 hours of daylight. A lot easier to do an all-day hunt on a shorter day. And I'm not a big all-day hunt fan myself. But to hunt all day in the early season, and by the time the deer start really coming around and come, getting up and moving, and you've got good opportunities in the evening, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, it's, my back hurts, it's hard to sit still. I'm fidgety, I'm making noise, and my chances of taking a deer are lower because I'm wore out. And when I do take a deer, I'm so exhausted, like, oh, now I've got to deal with this. i got to find this deer. i got to drag it out of the woods in the dark. i got to get it into, the, get, get into my vehicle, get it somewhere. i got to get home. i got to get cleaned up and all of this, and it's, it's exhausting. Whereas if I head out in the woods at 2 or 3 o'clock, well, I'm... I'm fresh, I'm ready, I'm good. Three hours later, shoot a deer. I've got the mental and physical energy to deal with it and and to enjoy it, not just deal with it, but to enjoy it and savor it and be glad. It's just a different deal. It works differently. It is a different situation. And uh, it's, I enjoy it a lot more. You do you. But anyway... Early season, the most productive times are the evenings. As the month of October wears on, the deer are moving. All right, and let me talk more about that in a minute. But they're moving, they're doing different things. And as you get into the pre-rut, the mornings become the better time to be out. Because bucks are out in the mornings, often for hours, cruising, covering ground going miles, looking for does, trying to find the first does that have come into heat. All right, that's what they're doing. And a does tend to move a lot in the mornings, and so the bucks are out in the mornings, and they are covering miles, looking for does. It's gotten cooler, so they're more able to to move longer distances without overheating, and they're just out in the pre-rut looking for does. 
And so a morning set becomes preferred. So you get out there before dawn and you hunt until one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And that is a great pre-rut hunt. That is a great time to be out there. And I really like to be out in the mornings. That is one of my favorite times to hunt. But I have just learned that I need to hunt what's right for the time of season. Because I just frustrate myself and wear myself out being out at the wrong times and in the wrong places. And what's nice about the pre-rut and these morning hunts is that bucks are covering a lot of ground. So even if you're in an area that's maybe not a great area, maybe your options and prospects there aren't great, maybe there's not a ton of deer, there's not a ton of bucks around there, that last week of October can be a great week for you because deer are coming from miles around, cruising, looking for does. They pass through a lot of places. They don't normally go in daylight. They may only be in front of you on that property for a couple minutes, you know, the whole season, but that could be the week that they're there. That could be the time that they're there, cruising and looking for their first doe. So a lot of people that have shot bucks during this time haven't understand that or have not understood that. And they've taken their experience to mean, oh, well, this property is great. There's a lot of deer here. You know, I can hunt here year round. And this is just not true. It's just not reality. There is not a great property. There's rarely any deer there, except when they're cruising during, you know, the, 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 the pre-rut and the beginning of the rut. Those are the only times you have a reasonable chance to take a nice deer. I'll give you an example. One of the properties I hunt uh, primarily, this is a doe and turkey property. I just ever so rarely see bucks there. I could get hundreds of pictures of does in a week, but just so rarely are there ever bucks there. Well, last season, right in the middle of the pre-rut, I'm just going through my, my photos, and one day of the whole year, there is a buck on this property that's the largest buck I have ever seen in the state of Pennsylvania. Massive deer. Unbelievably huge. The antlers were it's just so impressive. Just gorgeous 12 point. I mean, might have even been 13. King of the forest. Just like, wow, stand in awe looking at these, you know, two videos I have. He was there for one day, cruising in the pre-rut, looking for does one day and that was it then he was gone i have never seen him before or since and that was just he was going through that area looking for does you know i i couldn't have hunted that buck because i didn't know he existed he was never back again never seen him before but there he was don't even know if he's still alive have no idea what happened to him don't know where he went don't know if he's on somebody's wall but on that day in the pre-rut, we had a monster buck on a property that holds no monster bucks because he was cruising. And so you need to be mindful of the pre-rut. There's a lot of opportunities there. Now, in some places, you get into the beginning of the rut at the end of September or October. In some places, that's the beginning of November. I'll talk about how to hunt deer in November on a, another episode. But... When you're looking at that pre-rut, man, that is a sweet time to be out. All right, if, if you're out looking for a buck, 
that's a great time to be in the woods. Some people like it more than the rut. And you can be out. And, and one of the really nice things is, you know, if you only have one place to hunt, you have very limited options, you only have one tree stand, this can be the time of year you want to be in that tree stand frequently. I like to space it out. I like to bounce around. I like to put time in between sits. I don't want to overpressure a property. I don't want to push the deer into being nocturnal. That's a big thing of, of how I hunt and what I believe. But in the pre-rut, when bucks are cruising and they're not living on that property, they don't know if you were there yesterday. They don't know if you were there the last three days. They don't know how long you've been sitting there. They don't know how much pressure you put on that area. As long as he's not walking across your scent trail in front of you, you know, you can get away with a lot more than you can get away with at other parts of the of, of a hunting season. In fact, only in the pre-rut, in that last week or so of October, and maybe the first two weeks of November, can you hunt like that. Um, but especially in the pre-rut because you get cruising. And there's some places where, I mean, literally you could do anything. You could drive out there in an ATV, climb a stand, 30 minutes later, shoot a big buck. Why? Because 30 minutes ago, he wasn't within miles to hear that ATV. And now he's right there in front of you. And he might be the only deer that's walked through that area all season. But because it's the pre-rut, because he's cruising, there he is. Now, the middle of October is another time of the year. It's also often in most places considered the worst time of the season to be in the woods. And it is the, the dreaded October lull. Now, the October lull in and of itself is not a thing. There is no time in the middle of October where, you know, deer just become reclusive and nocturnal by nature. What happens is hunters go into the woods at the beginning of October, put pressure on the woods, pressure those deer. Those deer recede to the evenings. They recede to more cover. They recede to just moving less during the daylight. And you create the October lull. And then the pre-rut sort of breaks that because bucks are, they're just so focused on moving and finding does that they just get up and move. And so that sort of, that sort of brings the October lull to an end. But there's a good lesson here. You know, even if you're on private land, you know, if you put a lot of pressure out there at the beginning of the season, that's exactly what can happen. You just push those deer back. You push them into being nocturnal. You push them into being reclusive. And your chances are going to go down. Which is why I like to hunt, you know, not back to back to back days. I like to vary the stands and locations. And I like to be mindful of the with the wind. You know, I might hunt, you know, in the early season, I might hunt two days in the first week. And then maybe once a week thereafter. Um, but I just like to make sure I'm not overpressuring the land. And in the middle of October, that seems to be the time where this really can, can make a difference fast. But thankfully, the rut comes, breaks that up. Now, if you hunt smart and you're able to hunt in different spots and you're able to hunt the wind well and you don't leave too much pressure on the land you can maybe avoid the october lull on in your area you know if you're hunting private land if you're on public land it's just going to depend on how many hunters are out there you can't control all of them but 
You can hunt smart. You can hunt early, early in the early season. You can hunt the first few days of archery. And then you can just save your time and head out once you finally start getting into the pre-rut. So those are different options, different ways you can go about it. Now in terms of habitat shift, so you start to get frosts. You start to get diminishing daylight. You just have a lot of cover and a lot of vegetation die, go dormant, lay down, fall down. And all of a sudden, you know, leaves are falling off the trees and the woods just open up. Well, if deer don't have cover, they're not going to stay in an area. Bucks especially. They need cover. They've got to have it. So as the month goes on, typically deer patterns change. The patterns shift. Where they are changes. So you often can't hunt the whole month from the same tree stand. Uh, and if you can, it's because of different reasons. Maybe some, you know, does have left an area, bucks have come into an area, vice versa. Um, some places, you know, you've got sufficient cover. You've got cover that's going to stand up to the changing seasons on purpose. You've got thick, dense stuff. You've got switchgrass. You know, whatever you've got enough cover to hold the deer, you may not experience as big of a shift. But so often what happens is the deer move. Now they may move off your property completely or they may use your property differently. So you have to be mindful of that. What's the number one thing you can do to keep deer as the habitat shift happens? Number one thing you can do is have food. Have food on your property. Whether that's hardwood regeneration, woody shrub tips, food plots, oak trees and really oak trees are not a, a reliable long-term food source they're there when they're there when they drop their their acorns they're they're viable for a week or two maybe a little more they have off years and on years and uh, you just can't know for sure what's going to happen there but if you have food in that area food will draw deer the number two thing which is almost the tie for number one is they have cover you got to have food, you got to have cover. If you have food and you have cover, you're going to have deer. That's just Those are just the laws of the deer. If you have food and you have cover, the deer will be there. So that's what you need to think about. Where's the food? Where's the cover? Or how can you make the food? Or how can you make the cover? And that's where the deer are going to stay. They may shift in how they're using that food and cover. Exactly how they're living there and what they're doing may change as the, the habitat changes. But if they have enough food and they have enough cover, you're almost never going to be devoid of quality deer on that property. And the last thing I'm going to cover that you need to do in October to successfully hunt deer is get into the woods. A lot of people, they just wait until rifle season or they just wait until the rut and they don't go out into the woods in October. They just think the rut gives them the best chance of success and they're just going to wait for the rut to come and then they're just going to hunt the rut or they're just going to hunt the gun season. In my state, the gun season happens after the rut. In fact, often it's in the post-rut cool-down lockdown time, which is the worst time of the entire year to hunt deer, period. Um, though I'm pretty sure it's been engineered that way in order to help not kill all of the deer every hunting season because there are so many hunters here. But here's the thing. If you wait until the rut, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, do that. But you got to realize, one, 
October is a beautiful time to be out in the woods. It's fun. It's gorgeous. The weather can be great. It can be absolutely picture perfect. Number two, there are more deer alive in the woods in October than there are in November. All right, there are the most bucks in the woods are there on opening day. And then they start getting killed off one at a time. And so the earlier you hunt, the more bucks are alive that you have a shot at. Same with those, more does are alive that you have a shot at. Which is why I'm a big proponent of people getting out there early in the archery season. Get a bow, get a crossbow, get out there and make use of this gorgeous time of the year where you have the most deer in the woods and hunt smart, hunt the right time of day, hunt the right weather. What is the right weather? Well, typically the best weather for hunting deer in October, which is the same for much of the season, is right after you have a temperature drop. If whatever the average temperature's been day after day, 60, 65, 62, 58, the next day is going to be 45, that's the day you want to be in the woods. The coldest morning of the week is the morning you want to be in the woods. You know, if it's been 70, 71, 72, now it's going to be 60, that's the day to be in the woods. If it's been 50, 53, 51, 52, and then boom, drops to 40, that's the day you want to be in the woods. Because that temperature drop refreshes the deer. They feel like they can move more without overheating. And keep in mind, deer's coats develop throughout the season. So their coats are engineered to keep them warm. That's the way God designed it. And so whether it's September, October, November, December, when you have a big temperature drop like that, they're going to react almost the same way no matter what time of the year it is because their coat's getting thicker, so their tolerance to warm is, is going down. And when they've got you know stable days and then the temperature drops, they feel cooler and they feel like they can move more without overheating, so they're going to move more in the daylight. They're going to go further and they're going to spend more time on their feet. So those are the best days to be in the woods. The coldest, crispest October mornings those are the mornings. And that can also help you not burn out your locations and not burn out your stands. You know, there's only so many mornings like that in an October, a handful. And the coldest, crispest ones are the ones you ought to be out there. Now, you know, if tomorrow's going to be 38 degrees and yesterday was 39, okay, it, even though it's cold, it really doesn't matter. But if it's been 49 and 47 and 48, now it's going to be 39. You got a 10 degree drop tomorrow. It's going to be the coldest morning in a few days. That's the morning to be out there. Now, what I learned when I started hunting that way, which was brand new to me, two very big things happened and became apparent. Number one, I started shooting more deer immediately. Number two, I started realizing my gear sucked. It was just utterly inadequate for these cold days. Because previous to that, I just hunted the most convenient days or the best weather days. And to me, the best weather days were warm and clear or warm and cloudy. But when I started hunting the coldest days of any time of the year, I came to realize, oh, I need better gear. I, I don't even know what's wrong with my gear. That's another story. I told you I wasn't going to go off on a tangent, but I, I'm just going to say there's one last piece here. And that is, I remember a day, guys, I got into my car. I had four or five layers on. 
I was so packed out, so bulky, I, I could barely fit in the seat of my car. I just almost couldn't sit down. Between the door and the emergency brake, I just could, I could not wear one more layer. I got in my car and I even said to myself, this is the warmest I can be. I can't fit one more layer in this vehicle. I am maxed out. I am the warmest that I am able to be. I was in the tree stand that morning. It was a windy, I don't know, 27 degree or something morning. And I was in the tree stand for, oh, seven, eight, nine, about three hours. Guys, I was so cold. I mean, a deer walked out. I shot it, killed it. It went down. I almost couldn't get out of the tree stand. I was so cold. I was literally stiff from the cold. I mean, almost couldn't get down. Hands and feet starting to lock up from the cold. I was like, okay, I can't dress any warmer than this. I can't put any more layers of clothing on than this. Um, I need to do something differently. Apparently, I, I don't. I, my gear's just not up to the task. So that's when I started doing research. And I, I did a couple of podcast episodes on this very subject. And I've done a few YouTube videos along similar lines and realized, okay, what I'm wearing is not very effective. I need layers that can break the wind. I need layers that have barriers. And then I need layers that will insulate and hold heat and not lose it when they get wet. And I was wearing mostly cotton layers or layers that were mostly made of cotton with some polyester outer layers and cheap pants, cheap coat. And, um, you know, those worked fine in moderate temperature for years. But when I started hunting colder days like this, especially with some wind, all of a sudden it became apparent the wind was going right through my coat, right through my pants, reaching my inner layers, which got soaked with sweat from when I had walked in wearing all these layers and never dry out because they never dry out. And then cotton holds pretty much no heat once it gets wet. If it's dry, it works pretty well. But once it gets wet, it tends to dry super slow when covered in other layers and it loses all of its insulated power. Like 90% of it's gone immediately. And... I was just freezing out. I started getting sick. I started having issues. And that's when I realized, okay, I need to start investing in some better gear. But I didn't know what made better gear. So I became well-versed in hunting insulation, well-versed in what hunting bibs were and what made good ones, well-versed in what a good parka was made out of, well-versed in what good base layers were. And I started testing them. I did a YouTube video testing five or six really expensive base layers. Of course, I didn't pay full price for most of them. A lot of them my wife found at thrift stores or we just collected over the years for a couple dollars here and there. But I was like, I'm gonna start testing them. So I went out on a day where it was negative two degrees and I did a test. I got a cup of hot water uh, with a lid on it and I wrapped it in each one of these and left it out there on the patio for an hour. Came back, measured the temperature of each cup to see which one had insulated better. I then went out. I took that layer. I soaked it in water. I mean, fully submerged. Pulled it out. I mean, just pouring water off. And then wrapped another hot coffee cup of water again. Just let it sit out there for an hour. Come back out and check the temperature. In order to see, okay, which layers insulate the best when dry. Which layers insulate the best when wet. That video is still on YouTube. 
I started looking at, you know, the, you know, better performing gear for my head, for my hands and all these other things. And I've done lots of podcast episodes and YouTube videos on how to identify better gear. And I don't just mean more expensive gear. I mean, what makes a a pair of gloves better than the ones I was wearing? You know, there are high-end, super high-end, you know, gloves that are out there. You can go buy a pair of Sitka gloves for $160. And of course, they're really nice gloves. And they're among the best you can buy. But you can also buy gloves for $40 that have an insulate, that have insulation in them, that have a windproof or wind-resistant barrier on the outside, and that are going to wick away moisture and keep you warm even when wet. And while they're not going to perform as well as the $160 gloves, they're going to get pretty close. But learning, you know, what makes that kind of gear do those kind of things. Uh, was a big thing for me. And I've documented it all in previous episodes, which you need to head to the website to find, newhuntersguide.com. Go to the show categories, find deer hunting or gear or whatever. Look through, I've got everything broken down by theme, and then you can find all this great content and more. And of course, as always, head to the website, head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment. Please, it's the number one way to help the show reach more people. So guys, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods.